Well, good morning. <clears throat> my, uh, my voice has not completely recovered from Bible camp, and I appreciate your understanding with that. You can just sort of listen past the growl. Whenever we are away from each other, and then we come back together, all of us, there are some things you think about. And one of the things I think about is how valuable it is to have not just one or two people here, but how valuable it is to have every person who is here. Every person who works for the Lord. Every person who serves the needs that they see. Growing up, I had a goal. And uh, it's a goal that hit me somewhere in my early teenage years. And that is that I got kind of tired of hearing mom and dad tell me all of the things I needed to do. And when I needed to be home and when I couldn't go out. I decided I would like to be my own master. I would like to go out and do my own thing. Be able to say when I would go and do what I wanted to do. And not have to check in with anybody. And so I got my wish. I, I got to go up to, uh, to Denver, Colorado. Live on my own. And I remember the day that mom and dad left me. They, they helped me drive up there. And helped me get settled. And, and uh, then... After a period of time, they just drove away. And there I was. And I looked around and I thought to myself, well, this is strange, isn't it? Where should I go? What should I do? And so I sat down and I didn't really do much of anything for a while. But as I got more used to that, going around and, and doing the things that needed to be done, a funny thing happened. I started calling mom and dad. And I would ask them things, things that they'd told me a hundred times, but I just didn't care to listen to. And I would ask them for advice. I would ask them how to do this and how to get a stain out of this or that. And, and, and they were kind enough not to ask how it got there. When God created human beings, He said something. All the way back in the very beginning when he created Adam, he said, it's not good that man should be alone. And as much as I enjoyed time on my own after a while, it became very lonesome. And when you go home to be on your own, you feel like you need to talk to somebody. You feel you need someone to call, someone to confer with. It's not good that man should be alone. And so God created woman. But I don't think she, uh, he created her, he created her to be in every way man's companion and helpmate and, and, and completion. But then he gave them a command to be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth. 
He never intended for Adam and Eve to remain alone even then, but rather that the earth would be filled with human beings and we are all products of the fulfillment of that command and that plan. And that same truth is evident in the church. It's not good to be alone. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 8, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Paul talks to the, or writes to the Corinthians. And he's talking to them about these gifts that they've been given. And he starts in verse 8 and he says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. And as we read through that, we recognize some things that uh, these, many of them were very miraculous sort of gifts that were given for the early church's progress. But but I want you to realize and catch what he says. He says, for to one is given a word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge. To another. And he continues on that way. One has this, another has that, another has that, another has that. And you know, we, we might wonder, well, why didn't he just give all of those to one person? That way they could be self-sufficient. Isn't that the goal in life? To be self-sufficient. Be able to be on your own and, and stand on your own two feet. Isn't that what it means to be a man? <coughs> Evidently, God says no. No. I'm not going to give everything to one person. But I'm going to give to one this and to another that and to another that and to another that. And you're all going to come together and be everything that I need you to be as long as you remain together. In the church, it's important that we grasp the idea that no one can do everything. Amen. No one can do everything. Each of us is at a different point of progress in our faith. Our physical limitations sometimes determine where the limits of our service go. Our spiritual understanding limits where our service can go. And so sometimes what ends up happening, and I think it's a very natural process, that those who are older, whose physical limitations keep them from doing some of the more physically physical services, those become the ones who teach. Because they've grown through those physical things, they've grown through a lot of life. And as they've grown, they've gained wisdom from the Word. They've gained wisdom from others who are living the way God desires for them to live. 
And they begin to teach those who are younger than them. And oftentimes the younger who perhaps have stronger backs, stronger arms and legs, become the ones who serve in those more physical capacities, going here and there and maybe helping someone move from one place to the next. Taking care of someone who can't get out of their home but needs someone to lift them up so they can walk. Those become the very spiritual services of one who is younger, stronger physically, and they grow. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Have you ever just sat and thought about that verse? The body is not one member, but many. Why, just today I had a brother in Christ come up and offer to help with some work that needs to be done. And I thought to myself, you know, I need need to accept help. There was a preacher who, when I was in preaching school, he came up and he had just come out of a work in Arkansas and he came up to us and he explained to us the disservice he had done to that congregation before he left. He said, I, I, I'd done a terrible thing. He said, I was trying to do everything. And when I left, they weren't ready. They weren't ready to do anything because... They weren't being allowed to work. They weren't being allowed to serve. They weren't being allowed to be Christians, really. Sure, the pews were warm. But they didn't know how to serve. One person can't do everything. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14, he says, The body is not one member, but many. And if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's not for this reason any less part of the body. And you know, that's that's an important thing. Sometimes we get into that mode and we think, boy, oh, look at at that person. And, And, you know, I'm not them. I'm not them. And we get down on ourselves and we say, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the arm I'm not the hand, I'm not the foot, I'm not the eye. And oh, if I could be any of those things, then maybe I would be something, maybe I would be worth something in the Lord's kingdom if I could be one of those things, but as it sits now, I just, I'm, I'm just not worth anything. Don't ever do that. You see, when you say those things, you've been deceived. When you say those things, you've allowed the devil to control your understanding of you. You've allowed the devil to scheme and get inside your mind and inside your heart to tell you that only people who do X, Y, and Z are the important ones and everyone else ought to just sit by and watch. Jesus didn't die so you could sit by and watch. 
And he didn't die so that you could only do one of three jobs. He died so that you could serve where you can serve. God has designed the church that way. Look at verse 18. He says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. You know, I I don't often think about it, but whenever I go out to to grab a glass of water, I just reach my hand out and I grab it and I bring it to my mouth. And I now you think about it, how difficult would it be if my arm was down where my leg is? Wouldn't that be horrible to reach out for a glass of water and just dump it all over your shins? He placed it exactly where it needed to be. So don't tell me you're here and there's no purpose for you. You have a purpose. God has put you in this place at this time for His service. We talked this morning in Bible class about the work of Christ and how that is such a a more broad expression in Philippians chapter 2 than we often make it. It's not just the teachers. It's not just the ones who you see up in front doing this or that. It's about those who show compassion. Those who serve the needs. Those who reach out with their actions so that someone might be more receptive to the gospel. You're doing the work of Christ. God has designed us He's placed us so that we can serve in the body different from one another. There's often a joke that it would be a terrible thing to have a room, a church full of preachers. And the joke goes that none of them would listen to each other. (laughs) Because we like to talk too much. But you know... That's probably a little bit true that it's good that we don't have just preachers here because preachers have weaknesses and we have struggles just like everyone else. And some of you have strengths where I'm weak. And because of that, you help me to grow. And because maybe I've got strengths where you've got weaknesses and our elders have strengths where we've got weaknesses, we can help each other to grow. God put us in the body to serve different from one another together so that we can grow. Look at verse 21. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. I fear the day when a brother or sister in Christ is no longer involved in a good work and we say, oh, well, we'll make it just fine without them. We'll do all right. We'll make it by. We'll be fine. In that day, we've forgotten. We've forgotten that there's no one that we don't need. 
God put us in a place together so we can serve differently together so that we can serve each other's needs. And we need to give credit to God's design. And that means that there's no one we don't need. I don't care how old you are. I don't care which side of the auditorium you sit on or if I look at you during the sermon or not. There is no one we do not need. God put you here to serve Him. To grow in Him. And we will give credit to His design. We need you. Verse 28. Verse 28 brings up another point. And it's one that I think we can leave off and do a disservice to each other by not thinking about it. Everyone is valuable. That's the baseline. That's what Paul spent most of the chapter laying down as a foundation for what he's about to say. And now he says this. Verse 28 or verse 27, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church notice first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. You notice that there he is presenting a hierarchy of the Lord's church's needs. Everyone is valuable. Every purpose, or every person rather, has a purpose in his body, but there is a hierarchy of needs. And then he says, he reiterates in verse 29 and 30, not everybody is able to do everything. But then he says in verse 31, earnestly desire the greater gifts. That translates today to earnestly desire to serve in the most in the most necessary way that you can earnestly that is set your eyes on the greatest needs of the church and if you are able serve them because when you are able That's when you find the reason God put you here. That's when you start to figure out that maybe I can't do what this person over there is doing or that person over there is doing, but I've got something I can do and I'm going to do it because I believe in the Lord's plan. I believe. I don't just know it. I believe it that He put me here with a purpose. With a point. With a design. There is something that Catherine and I have been doing for about probably like six months now. That is, we go down to this place and they, they spread some jelly on her belly. And they put this machine on there and on a screen up pops our little Micaiah. And then they look. They look at his bones. 
They look at his head. They look at his hands. They look at his feet. And do you know what they do next? They measure. They measure his head. They measure his bones. They measure all those little pieces of him. And do you know what they want to see? Growth. They want to see growth. Because if he's not growing, he's not alive. Every member of the church is put here with a purpose by God. And he wants you to grow. He looks at you and he looks inside and he measures your spirit. He measures your heart to see if you're growing. Because if you're not growing, then you've died. Don't stop growing. Never, ever stop growing. Paul continues on in that letter. And he talks about what's behind the growth. What pushes me to serve in the greatest need that I can serve? And the answer is love. Because I love God. Because I love all of you. Because you love each other. Because you love me. Because you love God. We're going to grow. We're going to serve in the highest need necessary. And we're going to serve differently from one another. But we're going to serve together. And as we serve together, we will grow. We will build each other up. And we will be the church that God desires us to be. And other people will see it. And they will want to be part of God's kingdom. Never stop growing. And always remember, it's not good to be alone. No one can do it all. But we all can do something. And that is what God asks of us. For all of us to do what we can do so that His kingdom can continue to prosper and continue to grow through us. This morning, if you're struggling to do what you know you have the ability to do, if you're finding it difficult to serve the way that you see that God has placed you here to serve, the invitation is open for you. Make that known and let us pray with you. Let us pray together to our God so that we can find strength, so that you can know that we're with you and you're with us and that we will serve together and be stronger for it. If you're here this morning and you've not put Christ on in baptism, 
that opportunity is there as well. We pray that if you understand the Gospel and that you have come to understand and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for your sins, who was raised on the third day and ascended back to heaven, and you're ready to dedicate your life to Him so that you will serve Him forevermore, that opportunity is here for you to come and confess Him as your Lord and be baptized in water for the forgiveness of your sins. If you have any need this morning, now is the time to make it known. Please come forward as we stand and sing.